0: 17 of the Faith Tech and Space podcast. I did remember that this is not the Observed Tech podcast like I did last week. So here we are, episode 17. It is the 13th of September, 2020. This is a Sunday afternoon, right after noon on the east coast of the United States. Um, gotta, got sir, This show is very busy for two reasons. One, Back earlier last week on the 10th of September was Surface Duo Day. That's the day the embargoes lifted on all the review units that have been in reviewers' hands for two or three weeks. And it was also unexpectedly Xbox reveal week because of a leak. And we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about all the details around the Xbox announcements that got accelerated this week. Which I think, and I'll talk about it. But Microsoft and Xbox team handled extremely well. And we'll talk about that. But i got to start off with this opener. Uh, gateway pcs are back um, on a site called reviewgeek.com apparently with a partnership with Walmart um, uh, the branding is gateway now gateway is a company that I know their factory factory doesn't exist anymore and I'll be honest I don't know who owns the brand but somebody owns the brand and they obviously have have partnered with Walmart and they're building some machines and devices for Walmart to sell. And it's from everything from really slim laptops, um, budget PCs, mid-grade PCs, and and even a couple of Android tablets. So um, it can range anywhere for these ultra-slim laptops from $199 to $649. And of course, based on the price is what you're going to get. So they start with an 11.6, they call it ultra-slim laptop. Uh, very budget one ninety nine ninety nine. It's got an AMD A four processor, so it's not top of the line, of course. Four gigs of RAM and sixty four gigs of storage, and then there's four color options: black, purple, blue, and green. If you want to go up to a fourteen point one inch. Um, laptop then it's 239 so it's another $40 uh, you'll get Windows 10 of course like you do on the other one uh, you'll get an Intel Celeron processor this time still 4 gigs of RAM and still 64 gigs of storage and the colors are the same black purple blue and green you also get a year of Microsoft 365 personal with this device at no extra cost now the there's another ultra slim laptop at 14.1 inches and this is the first one in the mid grades Um, But it is an underpowered device. So Windows 10 laptop with an AMD Ryzen 3, dual core processor, 4 gigs of RAM and 128 gigs of storage. And you can get it in the same colors. Then you can go to a 459. So what you get out of this one is you get an i3 processor and you get 4 gigs of RAM still and 128 gigs of storage, same four colors. Then there's another 14.1 inch uh, laptop that's the top of this end, 599. 599 uh intel i5 16 gigs of ram and 256 gigs of storage To me, this is the sweet spot in this collection because of what you'll get with the the 16 gigs of RAM. The i5 will be a very decent performer. And of course 256 should be plenty of storage. Um, Integrated graphics though, so nothing outside of the norm there. And then again, the colors are black, rose gold, blue, and green. And then at the top end of this, the 15.6 inch uh, laptop is 649. You'll get an Intel i5 again, 16 gigs of RAM, 256 gigs of storage, Integrated graphics and in black, rose gold, blue, and green colors. So I'm I'm assuming that this is a higher end Intel i5 because it's basically the same description. Or this is simply the larger screen, so you're paying an extra fifty bucks for the larger uh, two in ones. They've got eleven point six inch two in one for two ninety nine. You've got uh, a fifteen point six inch that's nine hundred dollars. that comes with a Ryzen five. That's a six core, three gigahertz processor, eight gigs of RAM, two hundred fifty six gigs of storage. In there, though, is an NVIDIA 1650 GTX GPU. That's a good video card. It's, old, it's an older um, generation, but it's still a very good card. That's what I had in my desktop uh, before I swapped out with the GTX 1660 Super. Um, and then there's the 15.6-inch, which is $1,200. Uh, you'll get uh, the AMD for an Intel. It gets an, it's a, I'm sorry, Intel for AMD, you'll get an i5, 8 gigs of RAM, 256, and an NVIDIA 2060 in there. So again, that's a current gen, not the the RTX, the 30 level, but that is a high-end video card. Um, And then a couple Android tablets that run from $70 to $80, depending on if you get an 8-inch or 10-inch. I'm really tempted to just try one of these out just to experience the Android tablet. Uh, One gig of RAM, 32 gigs of storage on the low end. It's an 800 by 1280 IPS display. Or the 10-inch is um, a bigger screen. It's still 800 by 1280, and it's got one gig of RAM and 32 gigs of storage. Um, So I'm not sure. The big difference there, it looks like they use the same processor. It's just the bigger screen. So for an extra 10 bucks, you get a bigger screen. So it's still interesting, though, to see the the, uh, Gateway brand in there. I got a little story connection to Gateway. When I retired from the Navy, one of the first, so I worked for Best Buy for a while. After I took a couple years off, I worked for Best Buy for a while. And then I got hired by a company called PC Matic. Now, I know a lot of people aren't fans of their software because of some of the methods it uses. And I get that. And I think they've made some some movement on that. Anyway, excuse me. I got hired to do tech support Monday through Friday for them, do email and um, remote tech support. For the security software and uh the the chairman of that company the ceo was a guy named rob chang who used to be at gateway he was part of gateway and including uh, several of the the it was a small company at the time it's grown a lot since then um were members of gateway as gateway closed down and everything back in. i guess it would have been in the 90s or so so it's just interesting connection I, it's kind of interesting to see gateway back in this kind of thing Alright, so moving into the faith um, activities that are going on. We did have our first local class yesterday. It was Catholic social justice teaching class number two. We'll have one more at the beginning of our third year, our final year. Um, We talked a little bit about racism, equality, immigration, uh, disabilities, uh, the, the Common good and things of that nature talk about workers' rights and things of of that sort, and based on the church, the Catholic Church's teachings in relationship to all those social uh, justice issues. uh, It's an interesting time in our world, there's no doubt about it, so there's plenty to be talked about. Uh, Our requirement for the class now is a two page paper that I'm going to work on this week because our upcoming online class that starts this week, this is a light week to start with. So uh, we have two weeks to finish that two page Catholic social justice paper. And I plan on getting that done this week. So it's it's done and out of the way. And, of course, uh, also associated with the Catholic social justice is the deacon who teaches that class to us is also our coordinator for our pastoral experience. So, of course, with COVID, our pastoral experiences are kind of limited. So we've been challenged to think out of the box and come up with some alternatives to be able to have a pastoral experience, but yet not, you know, violate anything related to COVID. You can't go into nursing homes, can't go into the hospitals, can't go into the prisons for all those ministries. So we have to be creative around that. I mentioned Fundamental Theology officially starts tomorrow. Tomorrow I will start doing my pre-reads on those, and we've got a couple forum questions this week to get things started. And uh, Thursday night we do our first Zoom with our professor, which is a a priest from the Diocese of Fort Wayne, Indiana. So looking forward to that. That's going to be an interesting class, a lot to be learned in there. And, of course, coming up in less than a week now, this coming Saturday is our Rite of Candidacy Mass. This is, I, I think I may have explained this in the past, but the Rite of Candidacy... Uh, when you're when you're pursuing or uh, discerning for holy orders you always start out as an aspirant Uh, hold on just a minute you hear that's that's cortana trying to talk to me so hang on a minute i gotta pause her she thought i was talking to her okay so um what what we what happens here is this is the first so we're moving from aspirancy that first year it's an evaluation year although you're always evaluated um but we move into candidacy for holy orders so we're aspirants and that now this mass will be the point where the bishop publicly acknowledges us as candidates for holy orders. It's still not a guarantee of ordination. That's not the intent. The intent is to change um, the nature of our studies, the nature of our formation, the nature of our discernment from being just an aspirant to being a candidate for holy orders. Because even in being ordained to the permanent diaconate, it is still one of the three holy orders that exist in the Catholic church. You have the deacon, the diaconate, you have the priesthood, and then you have bishops. Um, So there's three levels of holy orders within the church, Um, so ordained clergy holy uh, holy orders so um that's kind of where we're at that's what will happen this coming saturday um and looking forward to it it'll be another opportunity to get face to face with our cohort and our families are coming along and, as well as our pastors and other folk uh, it's a very limited event but it's going to be nice to see everybody there for sure all right let's talk tech huh what's going on in the tech world let's start with windows insider stuff right so we've got dev channel beta channel release preview channel Dev Channel, which is building towards 21H1, we're pretty, well, let's say this, Dev Channel will be the core of what will soon become a branch that will be focused on becoming version 21H1 for early next year. Right now, we're working on uh, build 20211 That was released earlier this week. In fact, because of the shorter week, it was released on Thursday, if I recall right. Uh, beta channel got an update this past week as well around Patch Tuesday, which was Tuesday. It is now on build 19042.508. And then release preview channel, which is for Windows 10 version 2004, uh, it got an update. The same update basically the beta channel gets. That's 20H2. That's the second release later this year. Um, 19041.508. That's production. So we get it in release preview, and then it eventually goes out via... Um, Patch Tuesday when the time comes. So that's where we stand. So I've got links to, there's not a whole lot of new feature stuff released this week. 20211, um, what was the big thing in that? Search default apps page now has a search block. So if your default apps by file type, this is for associating your default app that will open certain file types. You can now search within that. So that's been added. Access to the Linux file system in the Windows subsystem for Linux has been updated. So now you can see those Linux file systems through your Windows File Explorer when you're in File Explorer. And there's some updates for developers and a long list of fixes and things like that. Uh, they did try to release uh, what they called a servicing update. It was a cumulative update. It was supposed to take it to 20211.1005, but there was an issue with it. It couldn't update. I had problems with it. I kept trying and trying and trying, and it just wouldn't update. It kept failing, telling me to retry. Eventually, they pulled it because of an error, so there was some type of bug, and this was intended to test the servicing structure. Um, So that's kind of what we were seeing and what was happening with the developer channel. Uh, beta got the updates we mentioned as well as release preview channel. Now what's interesting is I noticed in my RSS feeds because I have an RSS feed set up to monitor the Microsoft support uh, articles for Windows 10. And this past week a lot of support articles are getting updated and getting new dates on them Late uh, for this time. So 12 September, 11 September, 10 September, etc. Um, I think that might be related to 20 H2, what's currently beta channel, uh, getting ready for release because here we are in September and typically that update, that fall update, lands in October sometimes. So I think we're really, really close with beta channel and 20 H2 upgrading. When that occurs, what we should see happen is that whatever the final release of that is, that will shift into release preview channel. So that is where you'll get. Uh, previews of the updates coming to production. We should then see Dev Channel branch out and create a new build in Beta Channel for 21H1 and then Dev Channel will continue down its current path of getting new features, lo- losing new features, testing things that will eventually get branched out uh, sometime down the road to another new uh, release. So that we should be very close to that happening in the next month, month and a half or so. Um, So anyway, but the support articles are a big indication that they are going through and updating things with new data to show that it applies to this upcoming release as well. Uh, The other thing Microsoft is working on uh, is the, you know how they put update blockers on the Windows 10 tracking website on the hub? They put things there that are blocking, it, and they're not very um, informational sometimes. So they are working to make those updates clear so people who are experiencing blocks might un- be able to understand better why their system is being blocked and what the bug is and how it's all associated. And then I've got a story here from uh, Ed Bott. It's kind of a follow-up to his story last week about, about his irritants in Windows 10. This is now his seven favorite features in Windows 10. And some of the things he points out in here is Windows Hello which has gotten tremendously good over the last five years. Uh, I can remember having to be so close to the screen on devices for Windows Hello to work when this first released, and now I I sit down in front of my desk, and Windows Hello sees me and logs me in. I don't even have to think about it, so it's extremely handy and has gotten a lot better. Taskbar search box, multi-monitor support, wireless projection, OneDrive files on demand, probably the best feature in Windows 10, the best improvement since Windows 10 first released five years ago. Hyper V and Windows Sandbox are two great features. PWAs is the other one, progressive web apps through Edge, uh, the Edge browser based on Chromium. So, some really solid, uh, good features there in Windows 10. (coughs) Excuse me. On the Edge front for Edge Insiders, so Edge Canary is setting it version 87 at build 637. That's an upgrade Uh, that that is through daily updates this past week. It started the week off at 630. Edge Dev got uh, released to, got an update to version 87, build 634. So it's trailing right behind Edge Canary. And then Edge Beta is sitting in version 86. It's on build 622.11. Now that is an update because the week before, Edge Beta was in version 85. And then Edge Stable is still in version 85, build 564.51. So that's expected, right? Edge beta gets updated about once every six weeks. Edge Stable also is about every six weeks. And if you remember right, the upgrade for Edge Stable was to the week before. So this is just beta starting its way down the road to six weeks. And eventually that will translate to Edge Stable. So I've got the release notes here for the dev channel update to version 87. Um, got some information here about download options that people we were seeing. In fact, I've seen them in my uh, Edge builds is that you're now getting an option box either to save as or to open. So it gives you a couple more choices there. Uh, it's very similar to what Edge Legacy used to do. So that's a nice feature seeing come back. And then I got a note here from Eric Lawrence on Twitter who tweeted this out. And just as a reminder, if you're in Edge Dev or Edge Canary, if a site blocks you and claims to not be compatible with Edge, go into Stable or Beta if you're running those channels and try them. They should work. Edge, Stable, and Beta use a user agent override list that is intentionally disabled in Dev and Canary. Uh, The other thing you can do is you can send an email to the site and say, hey, I'm running a compatible browser, Yeah, and please fix your site. So Edge is running along pretty good, Uh, Edge and Windows Insiders, both channels running very steady, regular updates, not a whole lot of issues there. Uh, On the Microsoft front. The NFL season kicked off Thursday night. Uh, today is the first full day of the season with the other teams playing, but there's been a part. you remember seeing the NBA was using Microsoft Teams as virtual fan cams? Well, the NFL is doing something similar, but these will be uh, monitors at the end zones that the, the players can celebrate with the fans that are watching online. So you can get be a part of that. I'm not sure how the selection process goes, but it would seem pretty tough. It only looks like it has 15 or so windows to display people through. Uh, Microsoft. A report this week from Zach Bowden that Microsoft might be building a mid-range Surface clamshell PC with a 12 and a half inch display. Um, not sure about the full details of specs and stuff like that. And right now it's just kind of a a, a rumor that it's happening, but. It'll be interesting to see if they come into this. We're talking about the six hundred dollar price range. And right now you can get Surface Go in that price range uh, for the high-end version of Surface Go. So it'll be interesting to see how well this would compete with Surface Go on specs. Uh, price-wise, I think people might be interested in it uh, for the size and the performances. So it'll be interesting to see where that kind of fruit where that comes to fruition and what kind of device it is once we learn the reality of it. All right, the next one is Surface Duo. So 10 September, just a few days ago, Surface Duo became available retail. It's already been in retail stores for a couple weeks. Reviewers have had the device for a couple weeks, although they couldn't show you it running. They could only show you the hardware and the screen turned off. Well, now we have all the reviews. Now we have people on social media sharing about their experiences with Surface Duo. So I'm going to run down the headlines here. I think this is the best way to kind of get an idea of what people thought about Duo upfront. Um, and the first headline I'm going to mention is Geek Wires because they did a really good job of kind of summarizing a lot of the early previews or reviews. Um, praising the hardware. I'm telling you, you heard me say it right last week. I went in the store and I saw it. Beautiful hardware. So pra- a lot of the reviews praised the hardware, but the buggy software was a bit of an issue. Plus the camera was not the best in the world. And we kind of knew that was coming. The software piece we didn't. And, of course, there's the conspiracy theorists out there that think that the reason Microsoft told the reviewers they couldn't turn on the device and show us is because of the buggy software. It did get a pre, uh, pre-release update. They, I read that a couple reviewers said it helped out. Uh, and then there was a day one uh, update that was available. And a lot of people have said that also helped with the software issues. I mean, this is basically a brand new variation of, of Android to support two, in, two distinct tablets, two distinct screens that are in the same, on the same device. So some of the other headlines. Microsoft Surface Duo is bedeviled by its software. Microsoft Surface Duo is a perfect blend of phone and tablet by Owen Williams. A really positive review. I think he was able to look beyond some of the irritants that came with the software and see the potential of the device. And there's others that did that too. Uh, Microsoft Surface Duo review. Two screens aren't always better than one. That's from ZNet. Uh, CNET. The Surface Duo isn't for everyone, but here's who will love it. That's from ZDNet. Microsoft Surface Duo is all just spin. Now this is a uh, this is a piece on ZDNet that is simply kind of poking at Surface Duo. I don't think the individual has it for review, but if you remember a commercial Surface about a week ago, of uh, reminded me of the Surface RT click-in commercial, right? Spinning it and handling it is just a fancy commercial. Um, well, he kind of pinged on that spinning aspect. Um, I think after reading the reviews and kind of making a, these kind of pieces frustrate me because the individual has not seen, handled or, or done anything with the device, but yet are forming an opinion about. It. And don't get me wrong, I'm reading through headlines of Surface Duo reviews to give you an idea of what people thought. Um, All I can tell you is my own experience that was when I picked it up the hardware was awesome the software was fine once you knew how to maneuver things to expand the screens and all that stuff Uh, you know and you might run into issues the longer you use the device that's obviously what is happening for a lot of folks but I I just you know I, I give you the headlines and I take the rest with a grain of salt just because sometimes people are just wanting to poke a finger. Uh, Microsoft Surface Duo review on YouTube by IJustine. You know, a lot of people kind of pan the idea of her getting these devices, but she does a really good review on it and a kind of an experiential review. She runs through the specs, kind of normality, and then she takes it out and she uses it and she shows us how that worked and stuff like that. And she uses it as a phone. She uses it as a camera. She all those kinds of things. So it's a good review. Surface Duo Hardware First Look from Build59s. Microsoft Surface Duo review from PC Mag, uh, one other Review asks: Is it the future of smartphones? Um, What else? Not quite there. From Wired, that's their opinion in the headline. Uh, Engadget says an exciting, expensive, erratic affair, and it is expensive. And but it's so they kind of covered all bases, right? It's exciting. It's kind of this new form factor. It is expensive, but and there's some erraticness around the software, which is kind of the norm we found. Um, Two screens, too many problems. From Joanna Stern at Wall Street Journal, but again a good review where she's frank about the issues, but she's also frank about the plus of it too. Uh, Android Central called it a hot mess. Um, another uh, site called it a new revolution, starting a revolution. Um, another said great hardware design, but lots of compromises. That kind of, you kind of get in the sense of the flow, right? People were very impressed with the hardware despite it being an older chipset, beside it being a, a less effective camera. People are really impressed with the hardware. Software is buggy, Uh, not surprising. So a lot of people say, why didn't they wait? Why didn't they wait? I think you get it out there in the public, and you're able to get the feedback a lot faster, and you start to fix it and work on it. And don't get me wrong. You guys know, if you've used Surface hardware, remember Surface RT. Microsoft took a billion-dollar write-off on that device, but they learned from it. They iterated, and the quality and the capabilities of Surface hardware are renowned now. So it's definitely, I don't have any doubt that they aren't going to reiterate on this and, and make improvements big time. Uh, great hardware design, but lots of compromises. Uh, double troubles, The Verge said. Um, Windows Central said a dual screen phone of tomorrow that's not quite ready today. Uh, Rot Brad Sams has got his review. Brad's review is very positive. He's got it on video as well. Uh, Fortune just called it a folding phone review. Um, one other site called it enthusiastically an enthusiast phone that was on Android police, a hybrid of Google and Microsoft vision for smartphones. Uh, what else? Um, and then, okay. So, um, then I've got stories of, Oh, Paul Therott on Therott's website, Brad Sams wrote about the duo being used for xCloud. So connecting Duo with a a controller and using Project X Cloud to stream games on that device. He had a good experience. Uh, And then I've got a link to some stories here, uh, Q&A with Panos Pane on how the Surface Duo uh, is transformational for Microsoft. Um, How Microsoft built its Android phone from the verge, parts of an interview with Panos Pane and the guy from Google that helped build it. So some background on how this device came together and and came to be. Uh, Video from Microsoft's device blog, the official Device blog uh, for the Surface Duo. They had they highlight some videos that are available to show you how to do things like uh, two sites side by side, viewing across both screens, viewing across um, uh, view across the view to view across both screens using an app, or to use the app across both screens itself, watching something and taking notes. So again, just an opportunity to learn more about the device and how it functions in that dual screen. Uh, And then getting started with Outlook, they put out together a piece about how to get started with Outlook on Surface Duo as well. So lots of reviews, very mixed, praise for the hardware, Tough software, buggy software needs more work, and don't get wrong, don't doubt for a minute Microsoft's not going to work to improve those things, okay? Um, and that's where we'll go from there, and I, I have no doubt that they will make the, the effective changes that need to be made. Um, you know, we live in a world where things are released ahead of time. They're released a little bit before their time, and that's kind of what we have here. We've got the, the solid hardware, um, and that will continue to get better, and now it's the software's turn. All right, moving on to Apple. Apple has countersued Epic in this whole thing about the Play Store and Epic and and iOS fees and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But Apple has sued Epic back in seeking damages for lost revenue because of all of this stuff that's going on. Uh, And then the Amazon or Apple also published this past week some new App Store rules that affect Google Stadia and Stadia and Microsoft XCloud about streaming games and the way they're brought together under one header. And one of the significant changes here is that the individual games in something like XCloud or Google Stadia, Stadia, however you say that, have to be individually uploaded into the App Store. And then they have to have the in-app purchases, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not sure it's a real solution. And in fact, Microsoft, I think, has already responded and said, that doesn't work. That, that kind of defeats the purpose of us bringing our Cloud together and putting everything under one header. So we'll see where that goes. Who knows? Um, on the Google front, they just released Android 11 this week. So the latest version of Android is now out. It should be available. I think it goes out to Google devices first, and then it will slowly start to roll out to OEMs and things like that. On the miscellaneous tech front, uh, there's a really good story here from Business Insider on the history of foldable smartphones. They've got great photos of the Samsung, Motorola, and Duo, and how that kind gen- of this generation of devices have developed. Uh, and then Facebook, in a really weird announcement, they announced this service of Facebook called Campus. It's a college student-only social network. You do see the irony in this, right? Where did Facebook start? The Facebook start. It started as a college campus only service and slowly spread to all these other schools and then eventually became Facebook. So it's just, it's interesting that this service is now suddenly something Facebook is focusing on. Uh, Very interesting. All right. On the gaming front, this is the other area this week that had a ton of news in it, Microsoft related, because of a leak. So it was early in the week. I guess it was late Sunday night, early Monday morning. Uh, someone leaked a video that showed the Series S. So we already knew about Series X, right? That's the the black box, uh, Xbox that's next gen. We all knew Lockhart, which is the code name for the secondary uh, console, was coming. We just didn't have any details. As Phil Spencer puts it in a video I watched that later got leaked out of the official announcement that isn't going to happen, he said it's the worst kept secret in gaming, the, the existence of Lockhart. So um so the video leaks microsoft's social media team and marketing team spins up and i tell you they did a tremendous job in just adapting and and social media wise video wise partnership wise all the things they were going to announce at this uh, media event at some point probably next week uh was accelerated and they did a really good job handling it through social media and other things and we slowly saw all this stuff start to get out now I will say this. There was a really good uh, Twitter thread from one of the marketing folks on the Xbox team. Uh, And they referred to this leak as not a leak, but a theft. Uh, A theft of a video that stole away the hard work this team had been working on to get ready for these announcements. And and you got to feel for that, right? That's their living. That's what they do. That's their existence. And it's suddenly ripped out from under them. Now, don't get me wrong. They did well in response to it. Uh, as they needed to, because it just needed to happen and they needed to get stuff rolling out. But it still kind of put them in an unfair position because uh, somebody grabbed that video and shared it. Uh, and look, I, I get that the world of leaks exists. People are hot for leaks. They're looking for the latest information. But you have to always remember behind those leaks are somebody is somebody's hard work and that hard work might be getting ripped out from underneath them because the, the element of announcement is taken away from them, out of their control. All right, so before I go any further about Xbox Series S... Side-by-side graphics setting comparison. If you're flying Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 and you want to see how all of the different settings compare to each other, there is this awesome YouTube video where the user goes through and shows you every setting from low to ultra across the board so that you can see what makes a big difference and what doesn't. I'm going to sit down and go through it and I'm going to use it to help tweak my settings to maybe get a little bit better performance out of Flight Simulator 2020 myself. Okay. The run of the headlines. So here it is. Xbox Series S. It's going to be the smallest Xbox ever. It will be available on November 10th, as will Xbox Series X. Xbox Series S is going to retail for $299. That is an excellent entry point, And it's going to be next-gen performance. So its performance is going to outperform Xbox One X, as we know it. Uh, of course, Series X will be $499. It will also release on November 10th. Uh, Xbox Game Pass for PC is dropping its beta tag this coming week, and the price is going to go up right now. It's been $4.99 on introduction. It's going to go to $9.99. But, of course, if you go Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, you'll get it for console, you'll get it for PC, and you'll get it at $14.99 a month, and that includes Xbox Live Gold. That's the deal, okay? That $14.99 a month is the deal for Game Pass, Xbox Live Gold, and uh, uh, Game Pass Ultimate, so that covers PC and console. Oh, by the way, it also covers xCloud, which becomes available on the service this week. The other big announcement they made was that EA Play is going to become part of Xbox Game Pass at no additional cost. So that's normally a $30 a year subscription that gives you access to EA's library of games. It's not, they release them um, late, you know, so they're not for, they're not like um, Microsoft does, right? Microsoft's Day one releases from Microsoft Studios are on Game Pass. EA Play doesn't go, it used to be called EA Access. EA Play doesn't take it in that direction, but you get 10-hour trials of something like Madden 21. It's got older versions of Madden on there. It's got older versions of the NBA, NHL franchises. Um, I think uh, um, all their gaming platforms and stuff like that. So it's a really, really good deal at $30 a year. Now that's going to be rolled into Xbox Game Pass Ultimate at no extra cost. That is a deal and a half to have a library, a full, huge library of games. Um, Xbox Series S and Xbox Series X launching on November 10th, as we said. For twenty four ninety nine a month, you can get Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, that includes the new EA Play this fall, and an Xbox Series S for two years at twenty four ninety nine a month. And then once you've done through the two years of payments, it's yours. And then you start to just pay for Game Pass. Series X is thirty-four. For ninety nine, I think it's just ten dollars more. Same setup, so you no upfront cost. You get the console, you get Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, and then that's two years. And then at the end of two years, you own the console. They do have options, or at least they did last cycle, as they had options to um, uh, upgrade into the next gen. At that point, they haven't said anything specific about that with this new cycle. It's also expanding to twelve new countries. So not it was only tested with three for the last console generation. So this it's expanding into 12 more countries uh, this coming holiday for that setup. So that's a really good way to get into a new Xbox, next gen Xbox, and get everything you need to go online and game and to have immediate access to a massive library of games without having to spend a dime on games. $25 or $35 a month and you're set. So it's a really good deal. I also got some links here to a video about inside the Xbox Series S so you can see what the hardware is like. Um we got the release date from Windows Central. Well they've got good follow-up posts. So they got release date and pricing. They've got everything you need to know about the two consoles. They've got all of that information available for you. So you can go check that out at Windows Central through the links in the show notes for that. Um, we did see a leak or retail packaging a retailer in Canada published the box that the X is going to come in, so they published pictures of that. Uh, Microsoft clarified about backwards compatible games because the Series S and Series X will run like all generations of Xbox games dating back to the OG Xbox all the way up through now, although there are some differences because of memory and things like that, so on Microsoft has the clarification on that. Uh, Verge has got a write-up about the next generation. So the interesting thing is, is earlier this week, Microsoft had sh- shipped out fake consoles so they basically look like the console on the outside have all the ports have all the look but they're empty they're not real they're not full they're just for photos and comparisons and things like that so Microsoft had apparently shipped these out to different uh, media people and to have them available to do the stories when the announcements occurred which again we don't know if that was meant to be last week or next week whenever it was so when the when the leak Broke broke all that loose, and everybody, all the announcements were made. All these uh, media sites were able to show off these these fake consoles, not fake faux F A U X, right? Faux, and so they were able to. So it was pretty neat to see the sizing. Uh, A couple of them, like Tom Warren, compared it to the PS4, Um, and so it was just interesting to see the size of the device and what it was going to look like. And that Series S is small. I mean, it is small, 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 but they, it packs a wallop when it comes to the specs and stuff like that. Um, we, uh, f- so I've got that from The Verge. Uh, they talk about the next generation of gaming. They talk about the size of the Series S and details with it. And then I've got a link here to the Xbox News Briefing, a site that popped up that looks like it might have been where they were going to populate all the information about the Series S and Series X, and plus a four-part video series that was obviously produced, very high-end production value, that was for the Series S launch, along with all these other announcements I mentioned, like EA Play and uh, the new All Access, uh, Xbox All Access. So you can still watch the video. At least they're available right now. So, big week in gaming. Big, big week in Microsoft for Surface Duo. Big week for Xbox gaming for because of the announcements around Series X. Now, I will add, I don't have a link to this, but I did see it on social media. Uh, apparently, Sony has now pushed out an invite to an event or is going to host some kind of virtual event this week, which should be around the announcements related to PS5. So, now they know it all. They that Microsoft has put their cards on the table, and now it's Sony's turn to come to the table and either call or raise the bet. And it'll be interesting to see how they take approach and what they do to kind of address the Series S offering at $300 compared to the Series X at $499. So we should see that this week. All right, on the space front, NASA. Uh, NASA has sent out a challenge to commercial companies to mine lunar soil, for. so we already know that my, that NASA is working hard to commercialize space uh, beyond for low Earth orbit. First off, but also there's a lot of commercial companies working to go to the moon. So uh, NASA has challenged the companies to figure out how to mine it and bring back samples, so that can help uh, NASA further their stuff around them. And then this past week was Star Trek Day, so they had a, a single-day event online panel, the latest in Star Trek and everything like that. The Discovery Season 3 trailer was released as well. Uh, but there's a couple pretty cool old-school photos back from NASA Glenn in the 1970s, and, um, the, the Enterprise, the orbiter um, that was used for in-atmosphere test off the back of a 747 that is now museumed on the USS Intrepid in New York City on the Hudson River, um, they talk about how Star Trek and NASA kind of were all connected back in those days, back in the heyday. All right, ULA, United Launch Alliance, has found the problem with the Delta Heavy scrub that happened a couple weeks ago. It was a ruptured... Um, diaphragm on a piece of ground support equipment they have fixed it they have tested it they have are targeting 18 september uh, sometime in the night, we, we, it's going to be sometime in about a four-hour window between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m., give or take. They have not announced a specific time, though. This is a launch for the National Reconnaissance Office, so we don't get a, we will get a specific launch. Any coverage of it will stop once the the rocket and the payload reaches orbit before the deploy. Um, but right now, it looks like we will have a night launch, pre-dawn launch this coming week. At least right now, it's scheduled for Friday, uh, late Thursday night early Friday morning, my time on the East Coast. So we'll be watching for that. Uh, SpaceX, um, there's a pretty cool new video out that SpaceX released. It's a, it's a, a perspective of the rocket launch all the way to landing when they did a return to launch site so the i forget which launch it was it was oh it was the socom launch the one they did the southerly route the kind of new historical launch from cape canaveral to launch to the, towards the south rather than out and away from florida towards the east northeast southeast um and so this rocket the first stage came back to the cape canaveral landing zones that SpaceX has and there's a really solid great high definition uh camera attached and you can see how it all kind of fits together and how it works both for launch and return to launch site for the landing of the first stage. Um, Astra is a launch company that's uh, working on launches out of on Kodiak Island, Alaska. They did attempt a launch the other day. Uh, They've been having some challenges back and forth but unfortunately during the first stage burn they lost the rocket so they're back to scratch looking at to see what happened and to try to figure out what was going on there so these smaller launch companies are really pushing the envelope for launching and building rockets and making orbital uh, capable rockets so it's very interesting to watch these guys kind of go through the process and figure it out and slowly but surely um, get their rocket lab they had a problem they figured it out they had a successful launch so all of them are doing that okay In closing, as we wrap up episode 17, because I'm about to get myself wrapped up and go watch some NFL football uh, because the season starts in earnest today here for me on the East Coast, Tune in the NFL red zone, which I absolutely love watching football through that. And this is maybe my last Sunday of rest as we get back into classes as well. Um, I found an interesting story here. Many of you, like me, have old phones laying around. And if you have some old Android phones, there's a potential to use those phones as security cameras at no extra cost, right? You have the phone. You can connect them to Wi-Fi. They have a camera. uh, They have a power source, hopefully. And you can actually make yourself a a home security camera. There are apps out there that are built for doing this. So there's a really good video from CNET that walks you through doing this process. So I highly recommend that, that you check that out. That's the only thing I have in closing. So as I always say, especially during this pandemic time, is to be kind to each other. Wear your mask. Remember, you're wearing your mask for others. You're not wearing it for yourself. We do this for others to protect others um, because it helps us protect other people from us. And we're also protected from potential infections from others. And it allows us to also protect our families at home because we're out and about wearing a mask. So until next week, we'll get you up to date on everything faith, tech, and space related as we roll out episode 18. And until then, enjoy this episode. Stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. Blessings, everybody.